and welcome to Endpoint Management Today. My name is Rhonda Studnick Kaiser. I am the Director of Customer Experience for Big Fix. And I am James Stewart, Big Fix Subject Matter Expert. So today I'm really excited to have the honor to be talking with Artur Zezula. Artur is one of our product architects. He works with what I personally think is one of our coolest and most capable products, which is Big Fix Inventory. Hi, Artur. Thanks for being with us today. Hello, Rhonda. Hello, James. Thank you for the invitation. I'm really pleased to, to, to have that interview with you today. And thank you. Thank you for, for inviting me to this session. Glad to have you. So, Artur, what got you started in computers? Oh, it was it was early days. In fact, there were the, the first computers that, that there was a Commodore, Amiga, Atari, such kind of of stuff. I I was watching that behind the shoulders of of my cousins and and so on because they were the ones owning such kind of equipment. I don't don't mm -hmm. don't have that, but it was for me. It was yeah, it was something something new. And uh, yeah, primarily they were doing that. Uh, the games, yeah, they were just playing the games and 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 uh, and nothing more. So in fact, my parents bought me a console, but it wasn't something I really really enjoyed too much. But I have convinced my my parents when I was finishing the primary school to bought me a PC, and, and that's how it started. I was so lucky that a friend of mine got an older sister whose boyfriend was attending the computer science at the, the University of Science and Technology in Krakow. So it allowed me to start a little bit more with the programming, and this is how it started. And then high school, a little bit more, and, and I have applied for the computer science studies. In fact, in, I was willing to go into Gliwice, but for some reasons, I, I have also applied to the to the Krakow, to the University of Science and, and, and Technology, and uh, I was I was passed the exams. I have not even show up on the Gliwice on the exams because I have already placed in Krakow, and that's why I have graduated and have the master master of science in the computer science from that University of Science and Technology in in Krakow. Nice. So with those first computers that you uh, had, do you remember what they were? Yeah, yeah. My first computer was the Intel-based computer based on the wow. 486 SX processor with, I believe, 4 megabytes of RAM already, Yeah. 250 megabytes of hard drive. Yep. So it was, it was really quite well tough. And in fact, the first problem that we have hit is that we have erased the sys files <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the root folder and then system was not botting up. And then I was struggling with my father to really uh, restore that computer back on the, the track. <laughs> and as you can imagine, when you got once and you understand how to reinstall the, the computer, you you are starting to playing with the different operating systems as well. So yeah, there was something called OS2 Warp. Yeah, there was the new edition released by IBM. So I was playing with that OS uh, as well and Linux, of course, when I was uh, on the high school already. Nice. 
So once you wrapped up school and you were ready to get out into the working world, what sent you into, let's say, information technology where you were working more with like programs and things like that rather than maybe into something more computer design or, you know, that kind of thing? When you are finishing the high school and you are playing with the computers, it's really hard to tell what you are really willing to do. And uh, when I was on the, the second year, we were starting for seeking some, some jobs already in the local IT companies. And we were, yeah, let's do the, the IT system administrations. This is something that we would like to do. We would like to manage all of that stuff. But when we go deeper and deeper uh, into that, it sounds like, in, the, in fact, and we were going through those companies, it sounds like that there were a lot of opportunities for the being a, a programmer or, or, or stuff like that. And, and in fact, few of my colleagues have straightly jumped into the programming. In my case, I have found an, an possibility to do some really smart part job of, of being an IT guy. In, in small company, just doing some some repairing of the of the of the stuff. So it was my first uh, money that I was doing the servicing of the computers. Yeah. One of the challenges at the time that I am, I am recalling is that the the computer was constantly failing. It was a quite powerful box for the running the um, drawing programs mm. to operate over the the. They were they were preparing a different kind of packaging materials uh, for the for the variety of comp- companies, and they have they have invested in the good equipment. But it turned out that this uh, good equipment has a faulty RAM, and it's t- take me a, a little bit time to really prove it that is. But I was able to prove it at the time, and the, the the vendor of that equipment has exchanged that memory with the proper, the working one, and then the problems were gone. And this was one of my early days. And soon, thanks to my friend, I have moved to the organization that was doing the uh, software development. They were maintaining some uh, web applications. In fact, there were those days where the dot-com was, was uh, booming and that company was willing to have, let's say, it was a local Amazon, <laughs> let's say this way. So so uh, aside when you can offer something to buy by the users. So this is how I have started. And, and since then, when I was doing this programming job, it is where I am constantly in. So you felt like that kind of work really spoke to you and was what you wanted to keep doing from there? Yes, yes, it is really something that I am I'm enjoying. I am enjoying doing the software developing a, a, a product mm-hmm. so that I can give the solution for the end user problems. So that I am not only, I do not see my, my, my role as someone that is just taking the orders, but helping end users with the software to resolve their problems, but also trying to get the additional value, get, get something more. So, so try to understand the problem and get, give something more to some, sometimes in my view, it is also about the changing, for example, procedures on the customer side 
truly make that work. So not necessarily take everything as it is, but question if this is the right way. Maybe there are some more optimal way to do the stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Architect. He was meant to be an architect mm-hmm. his whole yes. life. <laughs> there you go. It's definitely a key part of that. Awesome. So what was something difficult that you had to problem solve or figure out in those days? Hmm. There were, yeah, as, 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 yeah, one of the, maybe I will focus on, on something that, that I was doing in the, in the past. So not necessarily in the, in the, in the recent days. Indeed, we got still many challenges and we are right now really working to have, uh, be our big fix platform to be able to cope with more data, cover more endpoints, be open to the uh, new stuff that is emerging. But I believe this is this is something that we keep a secret right now and we will not reveal everything to our listeners. But this is, this is something that we are working on uh, right now. And there are a lot of challenges that we, we, need to, uh, we need to overcome. But I believe that it's good when you have something that would happen five, 10 years ago, something you have already keep a distance and you can a little bit uh, uh, laugh about <laughs> so <laughs> they are more 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 uh, more safer stuff and even even before i have joined let's say the company that was was uh, having the the the, the big fix at the time the, the before of that i was i was working on some database system and it was running also on the java application servers and there was those hated old AGSBs, uh, uh, so, so Java Enterprise Edition edition stuff, when there was a lot of complicated um, uh, stuff that was really hard to write, hard to, to maintain. And there was an, an issue that was, it was not the product that the disk organization were really working on, but it was something that was taken over. From from the from the from the different company and they were continuing to provide the support and it was something that this product is were constantly failing so it was working working uh, fine but after some time let's say more or less the similar time frame it crashes with out of memory so as as you can imagine uh, most probably some memory leak some something. Something that it's it's uh, might might happen in the in the in the uh, computer system, and 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 usually I am so lucky to uh, find uh, hit such kind of issues and be part of the the teams that are facing such kind of of, of problems, and and uh, at the time, yes, it was also also assigned to me to uh, take a look at it. I haven't made really on a, on a quick resolution out of out of out of it because it is not something that I am doing that really I am focusing on one stuff and and doing that only I I take it really as it was happening once every well, let's say two months or something something like that it was for sure a couple of weeks be, be, be between of those yeah collecting the data and so on it 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 it, it take a little bit time yeah, when things happen that infrequently, just figuring out what is happening 
when you have to wait so long for it to happen again is really tough. You, you may have to like figure out, oh, I want to collect more data about this when it happens next time. And then you have to wait until it happens and then go and double check. And it really slows down the, the process. Yeah, especially when you don't know how to exactly involve that, that problem. When you yeah, right, exactly. Right. Find the, the, that you can, you can accelerate that. That's totally fine. But in, in fact, yeah, you can, you can think about that sometimes it is, it is a matter of pulling some additional tooling and, and, and so on. But sometimes it is the combination of the, the, the variety of, of things. And uh, if you get the, 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 the knowledge how this, this whole entity beans are working, they have the, 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 the settings behind how the, the caching of them is really configured. And yes, it is not something that you can leave unattended, that you simply keep the default values and then you are gone. And in fact, there was, it was this problem. So it was no memory leak as such. Uh, simply, the system was configured this way that allowed to allocate in the cache so many uh, data structures that they have ex exhausting the whole, uh, the whole memory. So it was all about having a proper configuration of the of the system of the entity beans to make that work properly, and that's it. That's that's what's what solved the 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 the, the problem. But yeah, this was this was this is this was really a fun for me that to be able to find it and and to spot it, and I I really enjoy such kind of. Cases and I am really my my career is full of such kind of <laughs> challenges to, to to solve. But I am really pleased. I enjoy that, and 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 uh, yeah, I, I think myself fulfilled when maybe not immediately, but with the consequence efforts to resolve something, I am able to to solve that problem and give the solution. Did you ever figure out why it was exceeding the maximum memory allocation so rarely? Because because those entity objects uh, are simply depending what actions you are doing. So you are accessing some database objects, and then when it is hit for the first time, it is creating the data there. So it has to it it, it needs some time to build up into the memory. Mm. And depending on the user traffic, more and more information is being cached. Oh, okay. And it is us because of the, the the configuration. It was not something that you get the trigger to let's say release that information. So it was kept forever. Once, but the data one pull it out from the database, it was kept in the memory because of that that, that configuration. So once you fix the configuration to provide some timeout of the, of the of the data and so on, it was then you you can have the the, the control of that memory. It simply doesn't someone doesn't take into account that it needs to be set and needs to be managed to really assure that you are keeping within the constraints. Got it. Those are the hardest ones to find like that, but they're, and they're also the ones that customers, you know, whether you're working internally to your own IT organization or otherwise, customers, they just don't understand and they want you to fix it you know, right now, <laughs> fix it yes. now. It should yeah. be, it should be easy. Come on, man. <laughs> You're just like, um, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, but this is 
for me, it's something that yes, they can expect from me, and this is this is part of my my duty, my offering to them. If you came to me, um, it is something that I can I can do for you. Of course, there are some terms and, and conditions, but that's why that's why I try usually to gain some 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 trust, provide them some plans so they feel more comfortable. Usually, this is the baddest thing in the in the support. That when you are uh, opening the support ticket, you already have the frustrated yeah. customer. Yes, it and it's not something wrong because this is how we are behaving, right? It's something is not working, and there is a something that you have to do because this is your duty. So, so that's why they are reaching to the support to have some some immediate uh, response, and that's why we are here to really make it to provide them a quick quick response and. To be honest, with the HCL, with the with the big fix support on the inventory side, I'm really this is something that I think that I am I am proud of that we have made. I, I think the the good progress. So really, kudos to the level two team in the US and then the, the new team that we have appointed in the India on the job, job they are doing. Of course, there is a lot of things that we can improve, and we will do that. But I hope that our customers are, are, enjoy our, our current support on the on the inventory part. And I am really committed really to improve it further so that we got better procedures, we got the better uh, application support to really ideally overcome the problem. So to prevent from happening and if it happens so that our reaction is much more faster and we can deliver the faster the faster resolution. And this is one of the areas that I was investing a lot of time here on HCL and, and I'm continuing my my focus. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we we all get caught up in the the new whizzy cool thing that we're, you know, releasing this new widget, this new capability, but we always have to keep in mind that the nuts and bolts, right? So and and support is one of those things that you don't need it all the time. As a customer, right? So when I was sitting in the customer seat, I didn't need it all the time. But when I needed it, I needed it and I needed it now. And it's really easy to see those organizations that have realized that and put in the work for that, as compared to others that, you know, it's like, well, that's just like an afterthought. So kudos to you as a product architect, kind of sitting at the top of the pyramid, so to speak, of thinking about, you know, that piece of the puzzle, and and how important that is. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, let's say that the delivery of the software is the beginning, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Because it is I, on the, on the university, it was one of the subjects that were really important for me because the professor that was leading that it was showing up. The, we were seeking uh, for the projects that were really making a failures, and usually the failures was not that it was something wrong with the code itself, but all of those aspects around it. So, for example, at that time, there was something that uh, you have to d- deploy some, some IT stuff, and it was the early days. And, for example, you have to remember to purchase the desks or you have to do the mer- to purchase the, the equipment really to place the printer on because yeah. it cannot stand anywhere. So those are additional aspects of the IT world that software is just the beginning then you have to implement given given solution at the customer. And in fact, this is something that you could start that you have to sell, you have to offer. So you have to be able to prepare the quote for the customer. Mm-hmm. 
So your licensing model is supposed to be really possible that you can make such kind of calculation. And, and this is was one of the, my, my, my interests. And this is how I have, I have joined the, the IBM at the time uh, to help with the, with the software tagging and, and the cataloging of the software. And this is how, in fact, my journey with the inventory begins. That my, my initial engagement within that domain of IT, IT asset management, let's call it this way, was to, to read the, the software catalog and, and tagging initiatives at the uh, IBM at, at that time. Wow. So, so that's how you got started in Big Fix. You, you, you took a job with IBM and... You know, yes, this was, this was, this was, this was my, my, my entry point into the Big Fix. And in fact, at the time, it was before the, the Big Fix came. It was a separate product that was also agent-based. And really, the big fix technology, looking from the, how the agents are being built, how it is really operating, is really uh, impressive. It's got a really cool, nice concepts behind that you can rely on. And we have exchanged our former technology with the big fix to sit on top of that to capture the, the data from the, from the endpoints and, and provide the inventory information, so software and hardware information, which is the scope of the big fix inventory oh. as offering. So, so you were working on, a, on an IBM product that was a precursor to big fix inventory. And then when big fix was, came to IBM, that, that merger was, was part of how you, you bridged the gap. Yes, yes, yes. In, 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 in fact, I was, I was working purely on the content stuff at IBM. I was doing the management of capturing information about the IBM and non-IBM products. So that's why often you are also seeing that in our documentation that we are distinguishing that towards because at IBM we were, IBM was, was the precursor of the, in my view, Maybe I am a little bit, uh, <laughs> because it was my, my former employer, but IBM made the dedication to really do the, the tagging of the software. Mm -hmm. And long before the time they were doing the, the, the tagging, and, and my role was to help the organization to grow, to assure that uh, we got the, the full coverage of the, of the tags. And IBM right now is, is tagging the software with the ISO tags. Mm -hmm. It is something that I was taking the part to really help that organization to, 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 to make that change. And uh, it is easy to detect the IBM software. And it is easier for the products like, like inventory uh, to be able to discover the, the software. But of course, this is the on-perm. And uh, going ahead, there are uh, new, cha new challenges, new models of deploying the, the, the software like containers, like software as a service. So this is something that we have our eyes on uh, right now, what to do in, in those areas as well. That's why I think inventory is such a cool product. I mean, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like all of our products, but I just think that, that, you know, you have to be able to not just detect 
the software, but you also need to detect like where that's, you can't rely on where the software is installed because people will install it in random places. You can't, you know, the, 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 the whole mechanism by which you have to triage to figure out exactly what's there and to do as much software as we, you know, as we discover on as many endpoints as we can discover it on and roll it all up and put it into a package that honestly can, can, make an organization money in some cases because you're getting rid of unused licenses you're you know you're only paying for what you actually are using that kind of thing i just think it's it's just it's an under under appreciated yes that's the word I'm <laughs> it's just an underappreciated product from so many perspectives and you know, and I used it as a customer and in our situation, maybe we didn't use it as effectively as some do. And then some people are like, so really, you know, some of our customers are like, if it's not, you know, if it's not in the catalog, you can't have it at all. There's only approved software, things like that. It's, it's just, it's an infinitely fascinating area of expertise. So I find it really cool. But maybe that's because I'm working with a lot of customers on inventory yes. stuff right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but but there is there is a really huge huge potential uh, for the products. There are multiple pri- players in 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 that space, and I hope that uh, also with the inventory we can provide some nice solutions for the customers to really either be gets gets uh, save some money. From the from the licenses, make some optimizations, or simply be be limit the the the, the uh, cost of the, the audit, or simply feel feel secure. This is something that we have learned a long time ago. That someone sometimes um, the people are treating that um, companies are not managing well the, the the software assets. It is treated as something hard to really manage when you have the PC server, you are you are tracking that everything. Usually, the, the, those physical assets are, are really well managed by by every every organization worldwide. You have to keep the record uh, of, of that. It is something that you are uh, organization are managing quite well, and uh, it's changing. I see more and more organizations are, are are seeing a need and benefit of of uh, uh, taking care of the, the software assets uh, for their own safety and the reason to not overspend the money, make the optimization and also protect uh, themselves from being audited or simply being climate that they are being treated that they, they might be sued because they are using unlicensed uh, software so so, it is all about to to provide the, the more more security for 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 the for the end users and also with the inventory we can imagine that the scenarios were simply you are having the control if something if end users are really using the software that they're supposed to use if they are not really installing something that it is it is unwanted so this is also so the one of the areas that we have already some some of some capabilities, and we are looking to 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 expand even further going forward. Yeah. What were some of your first surprises with Big Fix when all of a sudden you were going from this internal tagging effort to integrating the inventory management with Big Fix? Hmm. I, I am I am all the time learning the the Big Fix. I am 
I was really focused on the, the internals and behind the scenes. And every time I am discovering something, something uh, new, and there is, there is a really uh, something, something nice to be, to be, to be achieved. Even yesterday, there was some questions from the customers on, on, on doing some kind of actions and just doing the Googling. Uh, I was not aware that it is possible to be done how to control execution of the, the processes, but then Googling it, yeah, it's turned out that you can control, for example, you can define the timeout uh, on the execution of the, the, the third party process executed by the agent. It is already there from, I believe, a to two uh, version of the big fix, big fix client. So it's really give me the proof that this is quite solid platform to mm-hmm. uh, leverage for any kind of manipulation of the endpoints. And for sure, the benefit with the with the connectivity is that you got those relays, which was a tough challenge in the previous product as well. It was really pain in the egg to really have the go through those, all those those network layers. With the big fix, is 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 easy play. You have you place the relay and you get the communication. So this is something for the large customer, or maybe distributed customers, I would say this way, distributed right. components, uh, customers. When you are talking about the security, usually you will put some firewall. You would like to limit the traffic. You don't want to have the, some ex- exposure to the, to the, to the, to such kind of communication. Uh, and here we are, we are having the recipe how to do that. So, so I think that this is really good, good, good stuff in the, in the big fix. Yeah, the override command you're talking about was introduced in 8.2, but the um, timeout command uh, is newer. I believe it's maybe 9.5 or something like that. I don't remember when the timeout was introduced, but it's definitely newer than the override command itself. But yeah, it's very, very powerful. And that's one of the great things about BigFix is the, the platform and the base is so incredibly powerful and so incredibly flexible that you can do uh, all these amazing things with it. And that's sort of where the base for... Big Fix inventory and compliance, you know, takes advantage of the Big Fix platform and how powerful it is. Yes. So what are you working on now with Big Fix and Big Fix inventory that you're excited about? <laughs> what, what, what new direction are we going with respect to inventory that uh, is keeping you excited to get it out to our customers? Oh, there, there are there are multiple of directions that we are we are we are working on uh, on right now. Maybe something that is that is uh, hot and that it is being um, even 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 recently released. So I'm in the last year. We are we are trying to get more information about the the, the versions of the the software. So we have already released last year the 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 detailed information from the different sources. So uh, if for those who recall the, the asset management space and the former products like that for D, the, 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 the resolution of the discovery was version version and release. It was only limited to the licensing model. And years ago, we have already uh, seen that it is, it is not enough for our customers. We have to go with the the tiled version reporting up to the patch level, and we have we have already released in past such kind of capabilities, and we are we are extending that, 
and this is this is one of the of the the the, the aspects uh, in that similar uh, area more stuff around the data that we are we are capturing uh, so it is something that i am i am researching right now with the, with the team what additional information what information we can additionally capture from the endpoints to enrich our 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 data to provide a little bit more comprehensive uh, reporting of the software not not limited to the something that is the catalog but go into that route that we are already that we can discover the products as they are appearing new 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 versions so we got the support for the tagging we are discovering that without any modification uh, of the of the product itself we have so called the the signature templates where we simply give the recipe how to detect any version of the given product and this is the area that i am i am working on and of course the performance and the, the how the application scale so handling more in in in, in shorter amount of the of the time it is it is something that uh, we are working uh, we are working uh, right now uh, one of the, the 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 maybe this is something I would shed some some our plans. I keep the finger crossed. I hope that we will be able to improve our our core uh, raw data function to perform faster and behave more stable in the especially in the large environments. So this is something that we are we are testing right now, and I hope that we will be able to release that uh, that soon. So as we are saying, something not committed. Uh, there is potentially a risk that uh, that we maybe we might find something that it is not matching our quality gates. We find some issues, and that's why there will be the delay uh, in the delivery of that capability. But so far, the results are, are really promising, and I hope that we can we can release that capability to to serve larger larger amounts of uh, uh, raw data coming out from the from the endpoints. That's where the the agent and the agent capability is, uh, you know, driving you to you know, the more the more things that we can cover with our agent, the more things that can be discovered <laughs> with big Pig's inventory. So it's a, you know, even small organizations are becoming larger when it comes to an endpoint perspective of the number of endpoints they have to manage. So yes, th- there are no small organizations anymore. <laughs> yes, that's. Even even if we are looking at about our let's say assumption on the, the average size of the environment and number of the data that we are discovering five ten years ago and right now it is it is it is constantly increasing and this is only when we are saying about the same business objects that we would like to discover mm-hmm. but we are also having the request to extend that discovery with some additional data. That it is not yet in our scope, so there is more and more demand on, on capturing more data for quicker uh, actions on the on, on that data for faster analysis. This is this sounds to be to be the key right now in the in that in that space when you are managing anything. Then the the, the data is the key. When you have the data, you can have the third-party tools that are doing some analysis. You can create some reports. And then make the actions, make the decisions based on 
on that. So this is also a place for, for us to support the end users with that data so they can they can make on, on, on decisions based on that. Yeah. So you mentioned the ISO software tagging standard. Does that mean that inventory can detect software that is not in the catalog but has the proper tagging in place now? Yes. Yes. It, it was since since beginning because we were we were we were one of the drivers of that standard. So when we were moving to the ISO, mm-hmm. then also we were shipping the this capability within the big fix inventory to, to behave this way. And uh, right now, the, the, the inventory is supporting uh, the newer version, newer 2015 mm-hmm. uh, version of the of the standard. There are emerging some products that are having the version uh, support. There are tags with the version 2009, mm-hmm. and this is this is the support. As there are more and more products, but there are those are individual titles. Uh, we will be also releasing support for that schema. Uh, in the in the in the next release to 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 cover the gap and and prove our support into the 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 ISO tagging that we will be supporting that standard and and personally I am encouraging to any software vendors to follow mm-hmm. and do the to do the do the tagging to make their customers life easier because uh, then they can detect your your software with the tools like like inventory and then. From your perspective, sometimes, sometimes uh, from the vendor perspective, it is not always so that that customers will be uh, willing to pay you less and will do the optimization. They will always do so. But uh, right now, without the ISO tagging, the vendors are taking the risk that simply software is not being discovered. And and they are, if for example, some software is discovered on is is sold for small licenses on small fee. Usually, no one is taking care about it because from the large organization, you will be taking the priorities. What is really top spending software, and then you are you are paying that you are you are focusing on those licenses to make the optimization. And and sometimes you might be under licensed for those small titles, and then customers will not not even know. Mm. With that ISO tagging, I see that this is this might be a relief for the for the vendors to really assure that customer is aware and do not have excuse that they don't know that they have the software with that they have the tools to do that detection and and have the much more cheaper way to assure that they have sufficient licenses well i was also thinking of the use case where you have a customer who has internal applications that they develop themselves and they could provide those ISO tags as a part of that yes. software and then have inventory pick up that without having to create custom signatures within inventory themselves. Yeah. Yes, this is this is one of the one of the options. And uh, this this really lip- depends on the, the, the culture of the organization. But but for sure we have run several POCs on that. It is quite easy to create an ISO tag. It is especially in the 2015 uh, flavor. It is something that you can do almost by hand, and 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 you are you are you are uh, good. And so so based on that, you can you can easily augment any kind of software preparation and deployment 
with that staff to capture that that information. So yes, it's it's totally doable. Very cool. So as we're closing out our our time today, um, this has been awesome. Um, maybe tell us one like new, not big fix related, but maybe one new technology that's that's coming in the world that you're excited about that you're looking forward to. For me, I am I am really interested into the the container space. It is something that it is already a couple of years uh, on the on on the market, and it seems to be really not a uh, uh, one time buzzword, but but something that sounds like that to be good alternative for the good known the, the virtualization technologies. Some something that allows as well as software vendors as well as the, the, the end users have the simpler way of uh, isolating the, the load with the, with the less requirements on the storage, but, but assuring the, the isolation of the applications. And for me, it is interesting from the, those two aspects. One is, of course, how we can leverage that to distribute our, our software. And secondly, how we can what kind of solutions we can provide to help the customers also with the, the managing of those of those assets because they will be they are expected to be much more changing over over the time so that their lifetime is supposed to be shorter but i would say that it is still an open question mm-hmm. because uh, still i believe usually when we are deploying something it is it is long lived so i am really excited to see how it will be really implemented at the at the customer side, how they will use the the containers, if really that dream will fulfill of having something that it is for one short time for one purpose will really uh, make happen. If this we will make that change, or rather we will be still using the long running long running services. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really curious about that. Yeah, a lot of potential there. Well, thanks, Artur, for joining us today. Thank you. And thanks for joining us today on Endpoint Management Today. Um, This podcast is the brainchild of James Stewart and Rhonda Student-Kaiser. Our program is edited by James Stewart. Original music is from Dan Corcoran, one of our Big Fix specialists and all-around Renaissance man. Thanks again, Artur.